Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is such an awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday. Um, I hope that everybody is doing well, um, having a great time, had a great week. To those who are watching, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you can, please turn to James, the book of James, chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 13 to... 19, it may end up at 20, but definitely the book of James, chapter 13 through um, 19. Sorry. <laughs> the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 to 19. See, I told you. I'm off this morning. I'm off. <laughs> Scripture says, and it reads, and I'm reading out of the uh, NASB. The NASB says, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is the same praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the, name, in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will forgive him. They will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruits. Verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Let us pray. Father God, we just want to glorify you. We want to give you the praise. We want to give you the honor. Thank you for allowing us to see this day. Thanking you for the many blessings that you have poured out on us throughout this year over the time period dealing with this uh, pandemic, over the, over the many years that you watched over us and kept us safe and from harm. Pray, Father God, that as um, we go over this text um, and that we deal with these issues that are present before us, that your glory will be revealed to each and every one of us, that we will experience you like we've never experienced you before. And it is our prayer, Father God, that, that as many that are listening to us, that they will um, abandon whatever lifestyle that they're in that is not consistent with your word and be turned to you. We pray, Father God, that souls will be touched, lives will be changed. That's what this is all for. Pray that it's revealed in your word today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. The title of today's message is called Grace Group Therapy for the Christian Soul. 
Grace Group Therapy for the Christian Soul. As you know, we've been on this series of grace groups and the importance of us getting together and having grace groups. Um, and so this message is a continuation of that series and um, again, grace group therapy for the Christian soul. I always like to look at current events um, as somewhat of an inspiration or a point to point two um, when I get into my messages. And of course, we know that um, on Friday around noontime, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, I you know, saw the message around noontime on Friday in social media and, and the various news medias that uh, DMX, uh, one of uh, rappers that was very popular around the, the late 90s and uh, early 2000s had passed away. Uh, he was in the hospital as a result of a, of of a drug overdose. Uh, which induced a heart attack, and in this heart, and so as a result of this heart attack, um, he was, I guess, uh, not able to breathe for a period of 30 minutes. And I guess in the process of them trying to revive him, and um, because no oxygen um, was was able to get to his brain, um, he ended up being in a vegetative state, and eventually his organs started shutting down and um, they took him off life support, so he ultimately died, basically, at the age of 50. Not a very, uh, not a very old age, 50 years old. I have a book by DMX called Earl, the Autobiography of DMX, and I remember reading this book and, I were, and they were going over the chapter that talked about his, um, the reason why he got on drugs. Now, if you've ever read anything or known anything about his life, he was a person that experienced a lot of abandonment when he was young. Um, and so, you know, his, his father, of course, abandoned him first, and then his mother abandoned him. And then, of course, you know, he got hooked on drugs, and that basically took over his life for a very uh, long period of time. One of the major contributions to his addiction to drugs was a sense of loneliness. Um, for addicts taking drugs, for addicts taking drugs help them to fight the feelings of loneliness. They don't want to be alone. Nobody wants to be alone. According to the American Osteopathic Association, 72% of Americans deal with loneliness. So loneliness is a serious epidemic, especially in our nation. And, um, and loneliness leads to uh, many mental health crises, specifically depression. So, um, and depression, of course, is one of those things that fuels drug addiction. So as a side note, we have to really think about how we address and deal with the issues of loneliness, especially as a body of Christ. It is said that both loneliness and social isolation have strong influences over substance abusing behaviors. Why am I bringing this up? Because many of us in church, Waltham included, do not feel like we're part of a community. We come to church on Sundays at 10 a.m. and we leave 12 p.m. disconnected. I honestly believe that this has, became, this has become more of a challenge last year when the pandemic started um, some people d didn't receive phone calls. Um, some people who normally um, 
didn't have an opportunity to, that would normally not have an opportunity to engage uh, members even while the, we were present uh, physically at service. Now that experience has now been compounded due to, the, due to the pandemic because now no one is calling you, no one knows much about you, and so that loneliness gets tripled. And so some are wondering, some may be wondering, what am I really doing here? Um, there are some of us who feel like it's, it is another person's responsibility to do the calling. Some of us are waiting for the pastor to give us a call. Some of us haven't heard from each other. Our vision here at the church is about building strong families and serving the global community. Part of building strong families is ensuring that we have strong bonds among our members, that we are engaging with one another in a healthy manner. This is the importance of grace groups. As I may have mentioned before, I cannot reach anybody, everybody. I don't have everybody's telephone number. So if you haven't heard or received a call from me, I do apologize. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, the rigors of life. You know, I, I'm, you know, married, I have children, I work a job, you know. Um, I got all these activities that take up a lot of my time, and so I tend to forget to call people, and I can understand that people tend to forget to call me. But we are a community, and so there is a responsibility for us to really uh, do the best that we can to stay in touch with one another. Um, so we just read in this passage in the book of James, uh, the book of James is a very practical, practical book. It was the very first book that was written in the New Testament. It was written for Jewish Christians who were living outside of Israel, and, and James was basically giving these Jewish converts uh, to Yeshua instructions on how to live according to God's grace in places where they find themselves scattered as a result of the persecution of the church. So they may have felt isolated and cut off from the typical Jewish life and culture. And so James talks about the faith that produces endurance and, per and persevering under trials. James is heavy on community. He expresses the need for community, specifically in the passages of chapter 5. Community is important because Yahweh exists as community. The Father, the Son, Holy Spirit are community. They are one essence, a, a triunity. Yeshua prayed to the Father in, in John chapter 7, verse 11, saying that, that they may be one as we are one. God did not create uh, or intend for us to be alone. Loneliness is anti-God's nature and character. So when someone is experiencing loneliness, it, is, it means that they are not experiencing God's love and community. And therefore, we are called as a body to respond to this loneliness or to the issues of loneliness. Genesis, in the book of Genesis, when God created man, he said that, um, that it was not good for man to be alone. Why, why, was, why, was, why did he say it wasn't good for man to be alone? And normally we would see this or hear this verse read during times of weddings, you know. Tam and Justin just got married. 
you know? The Spirit of God spoke to Justin and said, yo, brother, it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> and so he looks and he sees Tam. And so normally we would hear this passage at weddings, but I don't think that that's what God was really getting to in the overall context of things, right? Because God created man in his image, and if God is community, then his image, then, then him creating man in his image cannot, ha I mean, sorry, has to reflect community. And so God, of course, creates the woman, and he brings uh, the woman to the man, and then through that, as a result, community was created, you know? You know, be fruitful, multiply. It was all about community. The purpose of a family is to continue community. The purpose of, of, of the church is to experience community. God never intended for us to be alone. He wants us to be in community. I find it interesting how, um, how um, sorry, so if you're feeling lonely, James is telling us that we need community. If you are sick, you need community. If you need prayer, you need community. If you're in sin, you need community. Do not run from community if you're going through times of, uh, of sin. This is the time that you need community the most. It's probably the reason why the body of Christ um, exists. You know, we live most of our life as pretenders. Monday through Saturday, we do a lot of pretending. You know, we go to work. Hey, boss, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. No, I'm fully well. You ain't doing fine. <laughs> no, I'm fully well. You want to chop your boss's head off. <laughs> Why? Because we like to pretend. Because we've been trained to hide ourselves. And then we take what we've done Monday through Saturday, and then we bring it on Sunday to church. All that pretending, Monday through Saturday, we don't turn it off when we come to church. On Sunday morning, we're pretending again. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> I remember I first came to church, that's all I kept hearing is that I'm blessed and, and highly favored. Same people who would be having family crisis or work crisis at home couldn't openly admit that they were going through challenges. And so trying to look strong in the midst of weakness was now our new spirituality. This is because we created an atmosphere of shame. We tell people that they ought to be ashamed of themselves if they reveal the, their issues to us. And we hide in the closet because we don't want to be judged and kicked out of community. So we have this culture of shame and guilt in which we do not, we do not live out who we truly are, even in the place that we're supposed to express who we truly are. But I pray that, uh, that our, gra our grace groups will change our attitudes because God dealt with shame on the cross. Yeshua was humiliated so that you wouldn't have to live in humiliation, regardless of where you are in this walk. Amen? So I pray that we get to a place where we openly are able to confess our issues to one another. Uh, there was a poet by the name of Paul Lawrence Dunbar, and he wrote a poem called, We Wear the Mask. 
And the poem goes, we, merit, we, wear, we wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile with torn and bleeding hearts. We smile and mouth with myriad subtle ties. Why should the world be overwise in counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile. But, oh, great Christ, our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but, oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet and long the mile. But let the world dream otherwise. We wear the mask. I don't want to wear the mask. I want to take off my mask so that you can see me for who I truly am, not for what I project to you on Sunday mornings. Grace Groups is the community within the community. It's where I can take off my shoes and be vulnerable. Number one, Grace Groups is where I can grow in the word as community. Growing in the word is not, is not a personal thing. It's, it's a community thing. In those days, paper was extremely expensive, and so most people would have to would access the written word. Um, and most people who had access to the written word were typically wealthy. However, even at times where access to the written word was limited, they were committed to studying the word. Nowadays, we have the greatest access to the word of God in the history of the world, and yet we have the biggest deficit in biblical literacy. This is why our churches, or one of the reasons why a lot of our churches are not growing. And so when we think that we're experiencing a lack of growth here or challenges in growth here, it's, it's across the board. People are, people are no longer engaged with the Word of God. People are no longer excited about the Word of God. And so therefore, what is the reason for coming to church? There's nothing real about it. It's something that I hear often when I'm even talking to a lot of my friends, you know? The, the, they feel that the, the, the Word of God is, is a bunch of fables, and so there's no reason for them to come to church because church is only, is only um, pretty much reproducing those fables. And that is a shame. And it's because there is not a lot of connection with the Word of God. Um, amongst the life of many of our Christians today. James chapter 1, verse 22, verses 25. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror, verse 24. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued within it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does. It's important for us to make sure that we are getting in the word. One of the things I love about those grace, grace groups that I'm a part of, uh, we call our, our grace group Fishers, 
But one thing I really love about our group is that we are going through the book of uh, 1 John and we're going there by like, like line by line and we're really engaging it. We're asking questions, you know? And sometimes when you think that Bible studies can get boring, we are having lively discussions, you know? We are really digging into the word and it is not, and it's more so of, of it's not just one person asking questions. It's, it, or it's not just one person just uh, uh, preaching or teaching. It's the entire group getting involved. You know, we're sitting there, we're, we're digging into the scriptures, and, we're, and we're, we're saying, how does these scriptures apply to us? How does these scriptures impact our, our, our current uh, walk? You know, um, prior to um, Resurrection Sunday, we touched on uh, first, uh, first John chapter 2, uh, verses 1 and 2, and it talked about how uh, Christ is the atonement, you know, and he is our advocate before the Father. And so the question that came up was, you know, when we think about uh, the death of Jesus Christ, when we think about Good Friday, what, how does that connect to you? How, how do you feel as a result of it, you know? And this is preparation for uh, Resurrection Sunday. And a lot of us, including me, came to this realization that, wow, we don't really do a lot of connecting with the death of Christ, you know? We don't really talk much about the death of Christ. Because in our church culture, we're, you know, we normally are, are, are told to focus on the resurrection. And, you know, we're very celebratory. We, we, we get hyped because Christ rose from the dead. But we truly do not really dig much into understanding the fact that he actually died, that he actually experienced the death. And that the reason for his, the reason why we celebrate his resurrection is because we have been completely connected to his death, you know? My sins uh, were dealt with at his death, not his resurrection. The life that I received came as a result of his resurrection, but my victory started with his death. We don't talk about death as victory. His death was victorious. His death was, victor was victory over sin. His resurrection was victory over death. Powerful powerful. And these are the things that, you know, when you get into the scriptures, you begin to realize. And so now come next year when we, when Good Friday rolls around, we have something that we can connect to. We have a reason to think about Good Friday because, wow, I noticed that it's not just about his resurrection, but it's also about his death. It's also about his burial. It's also about the fact that he conquered sin through his death for me and for you. And now when we come together, that following resurrection, we have something to celebrate because we know that not only did he die, not only was he in the grave for three days, but that he rose from the dead and now we have life. Amen. 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 Because of his resurrection, we can experience heaven. We can experience God's presence. We don't have to worry about a lot of things anymore. One of the things that used to trouble me when I was young was about getting into heaven. Oh, I was, one of the, I was very scared about not making it into heaven. I thought that there would be one issue that's going to come up, <laughs> that, that I thought it was going to be one issue that was going to come up, and then St. Peter would be at the gate, and he'd be like, brother, you know, you're good on all this other stuff. There's just one thing right here you can't get in. That used to scare me. 
they used to scare me. But thank God for his grace in Christ. I, I don't have to worry about anything no more, right? I'm in him. You know, when, when, when God looks at me, he sees his son. And so whatever judgment that he has given his son, he has applied that judgment to me. That's something for me to celebrate. You know, I ain't got to worry about that one little sin that I forgot to confess. Because <laughs> Christ paid it all. So we can get into the word. We can get into the word. Number two, grace groups is where we can bear each other's burdens. James chapter 5, verse 14 through 16 says, Is anyone among you sick? It almost sounds like an infomercial. You know, when you stay up late at night, you know, can't go to sleep, you turn on TV. At least back in the days, I don't know if they do it anymore, but it's like those infomercials. Is anyone of you sick? Is anyone of you needing help? You ever see, uh, this would be the one uh, pre preached by the name of Peter Popoff. <laughs> one time I was curious because Peter Popoff would be selling these miracle waters. So I was like, you know, I need a miracle. So I called, <laughs> I called in and got the nastiest tasting water you could ever taste in your life. That water was nasty. <laughs> if Peter Popoff sold uh, like miracle Kool-Aid, he'd have got my attention. But that miracle water, it wasn't working, was not working. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray for over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Grace Groups has the feasibility for us to talk about our current issues and not feel judged or ashamed because every person has a vested interest in each other's growth. Let me say that again. Grace Groups has the feasibility for us to talk about our current issues and not feel judged or ashamed. No matter what issues you have, you can bring it to grace groups and not feel judged or ashamed because every person is vested in each other's growth. I like the fact that somebody's invested in seeing me uh, grow spiritually. I like the fact that God holds me responsible for being invested, uh, for vested in, being invested in someone else's spiritual growth. We can ask questions. We can, we can talk about our lives. It's not about one person doing all the talking. It's about each of us bringing our life to the group. Some of us have sins in our lives that we cannot overcome by ourselves. We need community. It's amazing that James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, prescribes the confession of sins with praying as a means to receiving healing. This is, can be done in the context of grace group. You're going through something, bring it to the group. You know? There's people in the group that are probably going through the same thing. I'm telling you, I, I, when I first came to church, I thought everybody was perfect. I thought everybody was living the godly life. 
And I thought that people did not have challenges. And so, of course, if, if I'm going to be asked, hey, Brother Lee, are you going through challenges? You know what I'm going to say? Nope. <laughs> I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but you can bring this to the group. Why? Because there's people who can pray for you. There's people who, who understand what you're going through, that understand your challenges. You don't have to hide in grace groups. You can be yourself. It's also interesting that, um, that, James, that, you know, that James talks about the, the issue of sickness. Sickness, coming from the Greek word komno, uh, is not talking about illness from a disease, but in this context, it's describing a weariness of the soul. Someone who was lacking in faith or growing tired of believing, remember, James was writing to a community that was suffering immense persecution for following the Messiah, and they were disconnected from the larger Jewish community. They were experiencing weariness in their faith. They were on the brink of giving up, but James says, to them, says let them go to the elders and, and receive prayer for the restoration of the soul. In our case, your grace group captains, along with your grace group, will pray for you if you're experiencing times of doubt. Don't call the psychic hotline trying to figure out which direction you need to take. I remember Miss Cleo, call me now. <laughs> Don't call Miss Cleo. <laughs> call your grace group so that you can receive prayer. Don't go to drugs and alcohol. Call your grace group so you can, so you can receive prayer, so you can be refreshed. Yahweh expects that there will be times that, 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 that there will be those that are among us whose faith will be tested. Some of us have and will come against heavy opposition, you know? There's, there's nothing wrong with going through periods where you're experiencing doubt. That's part of the human, that's part of the human existence. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be times in which, you know what, God, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, I'm wondering if you're real. I'm going through something that is, that is troubling me, and I don't know what to do. And, and, and Lord, I just don't hear from you. There's going to be those times called grace groups. The goal of the enemy is to distract us from achieving the goals that God has set for us. Many of the tragedies that we see in the body of Christ in regards to people losing their faith, following false doctrines, or engaging in activities that do not represent God um, could have been avoided if we had a stronger community. Some of the issues that we're seeing could be avoided if the community was strong. And grace groups helps to, to make that happen. There's been many reports of people saying that DMX embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ over the years. I heard on the news that, that uh, he was placed on life support. Many of his families and friends and fans gathered around the hospital to hold a prayer for him. I wonder how much of, the, of, his, of uh, how much of a role his church family played in helping DMX face his addictions. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I'm just pondering. Because, you know, this thing, we're not, so we're not about, we're not expected to go through this life alone. That's not, you know, we need each other. We need to be built up by each other, you know. 
I used to think that this was an individual thing. God has showed me, no, this is about community. Your, your walk with God is a community thing. It's not an individual thing, you know? I remember watching this show, The Weakest Link, you know? And, you know, if, and if you were the, if the weakest link usually was the, the weakest person on the team, and the, normally they would say that the, your team is as strong as the weakest person. Our church is as strong as the weakest person. Therefore, our churches, we, we have to be engaged and, and, uh, and driven by ensuring that each and every person is, is reaching their spiritual max. And it's just not our church. It's the body of Christ as a whole. We have to be, we have to be engaged in ensuring that each and every person reaches their spiritual maximum. Amen? Amen. So as the body of Christ, we have a major responsibility of encouraging one another in the Lord. In our local body, we are able to achieve this through grace groups where we can, one, study the word together as a community, two, pray for each other, and three, share each other's burdens. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for the message. And we're praying that this is a message that would just really call um, each and every one of us to be, a spark, uh, to be a part of some small group in some shape or form. Specifically here at Walt Fan, we're praying for our grace groups. And we're just praying, Father God, that, that, um, that every member is connected through grace groups where they can grow in the word and they can know you and experience you not just as an individual but collectively as a group and so father god we just thank you and we just pray father god for those that are out there who are experiencing times of doubt who are being challenged in their faith or who do not know you father god we just pray in the name of jesus that your spirit will touch them where they are that they will confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, that they will know who you are, and that they will be connected to a local church, whether it be this church or any church that is truly doing what you've called uh, the body to do as a mission. We pray for lives being changed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And of course, if there's any one of you that is out there that want to be a part of a grace group, please reach out to me. You can always go to, uh, you can also send an email to gracegroups at waltfanusa.org and someone will get in touch with you and get you plugged. God bless and you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Sunday. Amen. Amen.